Welcome to First Thought, a podcast by Galway International Arts Festival. I'm Tiernan Henry, host of the festival's Vinyl Hours. Vinyl Hours is a series of conversations with artists and creatives tracing a musical journey through the soundtracks of their lives. Tom Waits, who we'll hear from again shortly, reckons that songs are really just interesting things to be doing with the air. And here in Vinyl Hours, we think talking about them isn't too shabby either, even if it is only bravado. You can listen to the full playlist on Galway International Arts Festival's Spotify page. And if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation to Galway International Arts Festival, a non-profit organisation bringing the arts to people in Ireland and around the world. Head to giaf.ie and click Donate. Today's guest is the Director of the Arts Council, Maureen Kennelly. She has a huge amount of experience in the Irish arts sector. She was Director of the Mountains to See DLR Book Festival, of the Courage International Festival of Literature in Galway, Curator of the All-Ireland Performing Arts Conferences in Belfast and Derry, Director of the Kilkenny Arts Festival and Artistic Director of The Mermaid. She also worked with Fish Amble New Writing Theatre with Druid and was with Poetry Ireland before taking up her current position with the Arts Council. And of course, what's probably most important is she's a Kerry woman. But for today, we're here to talk about some of the music that moves her. Without further ado, enjoy Vinyl Hours with Maureen Kennelly. Maureen, thanks for agreeing to do this. It's great to have you here. Delighted to do it. Um, always happy to talk about music. Great. Listen, what you've sent us is a fascinating, distinctive list. It's a real invitation um, uh, to hear what you hear, I guess, in all of these tunes and songs. And for everyone listening in, remember, you can hear all of the music on Maureen's playlist on the Galway International Arts Festival's Spotify page. So I think maybe we just jump straight in um, with your first choice. Uh, And as I said, when you sent me the list, your choices, I thought, okay. This is a serious player we're talking about here. So your first choice is from the only full-length record made by Mary Margaret O'Hara. Uh, Miss America is a jarring noir masterpiece. It's probably a fellow traveler to Tom Waits' swordfish trombones. And in it, O'Hara's breakdown of language and unsteady presence drags you in and along with her. So Maureen chose Year and Song from the album. And when you listen to the track, what we hear again, again, again is... Uh, Uh, Mary Margaret O'Hara singing the aim is joy the aim is joy which is an invitation I suppose and it's an order an incantation or a mantra so Maureen tell us about Mary Margaret O'Hara and this song in particular yeah as you said it's an incantation uh it's you know an invitation to 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 be joyous to be joyful which uh is is always a welcome thing in anybody's life of course um I came across her first, I lived in New York for a year uh, from 1990 to 91. I didn't know her before that. I had the good fortune to meet uh, two fantastic women, uh, Paula Hermoso and Kathy McGuire, and uh, they were great music aficionados. Um, it's funny, you mentioned Swordfish Trombones. I was a huge Tom Waits fan by the time I met them. And I think, yeah, when I, when I was invited to do this by Paul Fahey, I've spent the last two weeks just tussling with like lists and, you know, like I know, oh, yeah. jumping up the list and going, oh, Jesus, no, I can't. I can't ignore that. <laughs> Thank God, you know. So, I mean, it's been fantastic. I've loved doing it. Uh, so to arrive at a list today of seven or eight has been hard, but extremely enjoyable, I have to say. But in any case, um, these great friends of mine, Paula Hermosa and Cathy McGuire, uh, took me to St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn, which, of course, is a, a venue that is very connected to Galway mm. International Arts Festival. And that's that's like your home away from home, I guess, at this stage. But back then, it was in a, a very groovy church in Brooklyn. And there I saw Mar- Mary Margaret O'Hara. And oh, wow. Uh, Right. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, I'm I'm exercising major bragging rights now, saying. Oh that no, actually, no, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that I've actually seen her. Yeah. So um, and I was just absolutely blown away. I mean, and Paul and Kathy knew her work well. They, as I said, mm. they were they were they were ahead of me in the music stakes, and uh, it she was just I mean just it just took the top off your head basically yeah. seeing her. And then I was lucky enough to see her later again. Um, do you remember um, Hal? It's Hal Kilmer, I think, isn't it? The yeah, Canadian Hal, Mil- Hal, Hal Wilmer. Yeah, he did Hal all Kilmer. of those. Kilmer. I keep yeah, he curated Kilmer. these really yeah. interesting shows. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. 
so it was came so far for beauty so it was the leonard cohen and dublin theater festival presented it and that's probably back to something like 2010 or 2011 in the point in the point i'm pretty sure and she was part of that and it was stunning lineup uh anthony and the johnsons and all sorts of amazing Mm -hmm. people so but she was there again so that was i feel kind of lucky that because really she doesn't get out much um no (laughs) (laughs) there's only the one record yeah um but i guess this year in particular because uh i want to mention that my friend paul unfortunately passed away this year just a few months ago um and she was just a very great influence on my life full stop but also yeah. uh in terms of music so she she and i uh, would have gone to see the pixies in new york and martin stevenson and the dainties and, oh my god right yeah. <laughs> and you know it's so funny earlier this year i read a book by um a writer who's new to me lily king who's this brilliant american novelist and she was blurbed by Anne patch and patchett and Lisbeth strout and um, who are two people I love. So yeah. you know, you feel okay. I'm probably in sure hands here. Yeah. Sure enough, I was. But it's gas. Lily King in the book goes through the books that she loves, and when she name checked various books, I was going, "Oh my God, Shirley Hazard." Yeah, read that. Yeah. Read that. <laughs> I'm bound to love all of these. And then in terms of music, she um, talked about a choral version of "Misunderstood Angel" by Cowboy Junkies, and I was thinking. Right. Oh, my god it just took me right back because yeah. paul was a huge cowboy junkies fan so you know it, it's just i'm sure like for you and for so many other people like it's just it's literally is that soundtrack of your life so that soundtrack of 1990 into 1991 yeah. a magical year in my life and that has stayed with me and i suppose because of that friendship particularly with with paula and um she paula was from rotherham in yorkshire so um lived in sheffield for quite a bit so it was very infused with all that kind of northern sound you know and i know mm-hmm. she has passed on that love of music to her her lovely husband and and two lovely kids archie and monty and uh and to richard her husband they're they're all huge music fans now as well so uh, she's that's one of the many many good things she's passed on to them yeah and i, I and, and i think music is you know aside from kind of you know fixing us in a place or a time i think one of the other good things is particularly say with friends like you said and you know or anyone who is connected to you if there's a musical connection, I think as well, that just it's it seems to just you know burnish it. I think, and I and I think there's a this lovely mix of sadness and uh, happiness when you hear that you know a song or or an artist that you associate with a particular person, because it brings an awful lot back. But yeah. I think as well, what it does is it you know not only the sadness, but I think as well it's the joy you know the, the shared joy of that shared experience of being in the room with someone watching someone saying or someone saying oh you have to hear this you know and that's it like it, yeah. it is, it's transcendence really isn't yeah. it yeah oh, it really is taking you somewhere else you know so like i will never forget that experience of sitting yeah. in brooklyn with yeah those two women who were very special to me yeah. and hearing extremely special music like that's just yeah. you know it's like little epiphanies going off in your head really Exactly. I suppose this is one of the great joys about music is that it can be so visceral, you know, that um, it, it can hit us on so many levels. You know, it can be literally a kind of a gut punch and you can have that almost physical reaction to it as well as, you know, having a, a perfectly intellectual reaction to it as well. Yeah. And you can do that at exactly the same time. <laughs> you can, you know, you can appreciate the art and the quality of the art and still yeah. going, oh my god this thing just makes me want to dance makes me want to cry makes me want to sing or whatever you know that's exactly it yeah yeah Yeah. another band that we loved were the the sundays you know and oh yeah yeah love the sundays i find it hard to listen to the sundays now that makes me extremely sad about paula but you know still i know it i'll I'll come back to them you know but yeah the transportation yeah one of the things that i really like about mary margaret o'hara it's, it's aside from the family that she's from, you know, her sister's a really great actress as well. Um, but she creates these gorgeous landscapes of sound. And it reminds me in a way of like what Kieran Carson wrote about. Um, I keep I go back to this quite a bit about framing the landscape of Irish tunes that he and he had this idea that he could conjure up maps or, or guides um, so that when you're playing a tune, 
there isn't necessarily only one way of playing it and it creates um good artists have maps in their head mental maps of how to get in and out of a tune and uh and i think your second choice sort of moves us in that kind of direction it's not so much it's not it's not so much a song or even a tune it, it's like a suite of tunes and it, it like it, it's it's like a landscape it's like a total landscape and it's martin cal and or martin hayes and dennis cahill yeah. or cahill i think you know because he's an american yeah. you know so yeah, yeah. very careful about that martin hayes and dennis cahill cahill have put together this seamless set of 11 tunes that reflect i suppose how they wanted to deconstruct and distill and eliminate uh what you thought or what we thought of what irish music could be about and and, and i suppose where those things could take the listener um and and the version you've chosen is it's it's from their live album live in seattle so tell us about this one maureen um martin who has become a friend of mine i'm very fortunate to say because i've worked with him a good bit down the years so I first came across him when i was director of kilkenny arts festival and programmed himself and dennis into the magical surrounds of saint canis's cathedral so oh, yeah yeah and martin it's as lots of people know is hilarious like he's very very articulate and he's just such a fantastic sense of humor but uh, he said oh yeah lots of people call that live in seattle so when you're in the business that we are of like you know writing things to entice people to come to gigs you know and you're coming yeah. up with all sorts of hyperbole and i'm all, always accused of using you know <laughs> very very positive and, and far too many uh, adjectives about things but I, I remember writing the blurb for martin and dennis and uh talking about weaving their magic and then seeing them in saint canis's cathedral and talk about transcendence i mean it was just unbelievable and you know watching a the most spontaneous standing ovation i think that i've ever witnessed and like the the piece that you played is this 27 minute sequence mm. and starts with port nabucchi which is like extraordinary spectral and sad and then i love what you've said about kieran carson just just that map just that landscape that you go through like it's just extraordinary so that you do come out after the 27 minutes actually feeling changed it's funny good thinking about another northern irish poet Muldoon, paul Muldoon has talked about a poem being a force field and that when you go through it you should come out feeling changed you know or raymond mm -hmm. carver talks about something shifts within you you know and again it's that idea of epiphany and i think you can't not listen to that 27 minutes or so much more of, of their music, Martin and Dennis, without feeling absolutely changed in some in some way and changed each time. And, you know, there it is. It's available to you every minute of the day. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a phenomenal resource that yeah. you can reach that part of yourself by saying, oh, listen, I'll just flick on that CD now and have a little listen. I mean, that's, yeah. that's an extraordinary thing to have at our disposal. Oh, it, it's astonishing, and and I think you're right. I mean, the trying to distill this down and say, yeah, well, okay, how do you describe this? Well, it's eleven tunes that are kind of stuck together, you know. Um, uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it they just invite you in, and then they take you all over the place. And I think what what's really nice about this, I think, is that there's this lovely invitation into it. It's very warm and opening, and they allow you into the music with them. And if you're prepared, I think, as you say, if you're prepared to go with it, it just takes you to the most extraordinary places. And what's great about this, I think it, it, when people are listening back, you really need to, you know, almost stick your headphones on and go for a walk with this. This I, what I did yesterday. I, I walked to Spiddle yesterday. I lived close to Spiddle. So I walked up to Spiddle with this. And you kind of think, I know I'm going to keep walking for a bit longer because yeah. I need to keep listening to this and keep listening to it because yeah. it does create this this astonishing landscape and and what it evokes i think there, there's so many different emotions that evokes you know everything from joy to you know extreme sadness and i think what's brilliant as well in this is the reaction of the audience you know you can hear a pin drop at times and then they'll play a sequence of notes and the audience just opens up and then they'll take you again into this really quiet place so it's it's just an astonishing piece of work isn't it no, and, and that's exactly what you say. Like you can, you can witness, you can see people's hearts, mm. minds opening up. That's yeah, like, yeah. 
absolutely phenomenal stuff. Yeah. And as you say, you know, we've this great facility, you know, to do this and to just to listen to it anytime we want, you know, we can just put on yeah. headphones or, you know, turn up the sound really loud and listen to it, you know. And I think what's what's really interesting as well is there's lots of hints of other things in it, because mm. I swear there's a bit of Martha by Tom Waits for about two or three bars towards the end. I was thinking, that's Martha. And as I was thinking about it, it was gone, you know, and it's just a small figure that yeah. Dennis plays on the guitar. And I was kind of thinking, no, that is definitely Martha, but it's gone, you know. But you think there must be so many other little figures in there as well yeah. that, you know, that people are picking up on or that spark something else in your head. And you think yeah. there's, you know, isn't that isn't that a great joy of music, you know? That's it. And I mean, Martin, as you say, is just influenced by so many things, you know, and he's yeah. he's the furthest thing from a, a musical elitist you could get, yeah. you know, all sorts of notes of classical and, and jazz in there. And somebody that he has worked with a lot, whom I had the opportunity to see in a mind bending gig in Mississippi uh, was Bill Frizzell, the jazz guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just, and uh, like, again, it reminded me just, I remember going to see Louis George when I was very young, when I first moved to Dublin. And in remember upstairs in JJ Smith's, used to be these fantastic yes. jazz gigs. Yeah. Like, I haven't yeah. chosen jazz today, but like, I, I'm a huge jazz fan. Yeah. And just that feeling again of, wow, I actually know I've moved into a different world here, whatever yeah. has happened. But that gig with Bill Frisell was in, in Mississippi. It was just unbelievably phenomenal. Yeah. And of course, I had to go and say hello at the end and say, and Martin Hayes is a friend of mine. And, you know, so <laughs> make those connections. But yeah. I, I saw Martin and Dennis do a gig with Brooklyn Rider in Kilkenny about five years ago. Again, like, it's just that moment in your mind where you go, wow, I've actually been moved somewhere else. This yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. You, you feel like you're invited into this community um, and you become part of a community that, you know, you almost have these, we have these secret signs, you know, that, you know, you can, you can go to a gig in Mississippi and go just to let you know, I'm, I'm a friend of this guy, you know, <laughs> or, you know, and, or you get picked up, you know, you pick up something with someone and then you realize it's like you mentioned about the author, you realize, oh yeah, I've read those books. Those are my books as well. And that that's my music as well. So it's, it's, it, it's, it is this great, wonderful, yeah. continually moving and shifting and shaping community to be part of, isn't it? This is it, exactly. And like the more you amass through your life, the more those connections become clear. Yeah. To you. So yeah. it's like yeah. even more exciting because you're, you know, you're just delving deeper all the time and seeing yeah. those connections. It's, it's thrilling. And, and I suppose I suppose we just talk a little bit of, you know, you grew up in Kerry and I, I grew up on the East Coast and our availability of our, our availability to be, to be exposed to lots of different music was, you know, much, much more limited. I mean, to me, it was we had a little bit of TV. So we had the old Great Whistle Test and Top the Pops. You know, but mostly I was getting music through my friends and my friends, older siblings and my yeah. older siblings as well. I mean, where where did you know, where was your exposure? Very similar. I am the youngest of seven children, so um, my older siblings were really influential in my exposure to music. Yeah. And so when I was growing up in North Kerry in the late 80s, Pat Kenny was presenting The Outside Track, I think it was called, on Radio yeah, 1. Yeah. And then, of course, you BP Fallon as well. So those were the two big things. We were in very much in RTE land. We didn't have yeah. the whistle test would have been very into you now um so that you know those were the main channels uh to which we were getting our music but like my sister still has this fantastic yellow uh version of bob dylan's songs a huge doorstep of a book so you yes. know to covet that you know she'd give me sneaky looks at it yeah. um and like they they loved rolling stones um eric clapton um, but I had one brother, Eamon, who was a big jazz fan. So Nina Simone was big yeah. holiday. Um, so yeah, there were Steely Dan was a big. There, there were big fans yeah. of Steely Dan. Joni Mitchell, of course, Leonard Cohen. You know, I mean, yeah, all the. Amazing. Really, really Catholic taste and really Catholic yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. But at the time, going to Ballybunion, which is like ten miles away, was the big hotspot. So that's where you went for your kind of sweaty Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I mean, it, it, 
thinking back on it now, it's hilarious because I saw something happens and Mary Coughlin and uh, Hot House Flowers there. Right, you know, and yeah. just a place to go on Saturday night and have a few pints and yeah. you know yeah. hang out. But like when you think back on it now, you think, God, those were really well programmed, you know. And I certainly wouldn't have thought of that like as a Whelan's or a Debarra's or whatever, you know. Yeah. But actually, this place, the Atlantic, was actually bringing pretty cool bands, you know. So, yeah. and like. Seeing Mary Coughlin, that was amazing. Like, God, I, f I fell in love with her music. I thought, Jesus, tired and emotional. Still <laughs> a favorite album. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's a real note of, of my teenage years. And I mean, I know you're obviously you were writing poetry, but did you ever want to sing, though? I mean, did you ever want to be up on stage, you know, um, fronting a band? Yeah, I did. Very definitely. And a, uh, I thought I could sing. And I remember my sister one day, like, sort of, advising me otherwise and me being quite shocked and thinking wow and then mm. then i it's weirdly you know what so, something strange that i started to do then was to to sing a version of the banks is this my own lovely lee yeah it's the name of the song yeah the, the, um anyway the, the the cork song you know yeah i only of, i only know it as my own lovely lee that's, my own lovely lee. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah um and kind of channeling like scat, a scat style of singing, like Mark, yeah. Mark with a bit of Lisa O'Neill thrown in. So that was kind of my, that was my party piece. <laughs> this is in response to my sister saying, no, you definitely can't sing. Um, but yeah, I certainly always wanted to sing. And I, I suppose I probably, I still have ambitions in in, the, in that area. But the thing for us was um, playing the tin whistle and, okay. uh, um, learning you know Bach's air in a, a G string or the inter intermezzo uh, or Schubert's Trout Quintet you know yeah. like extraordinary really when you think about it like that we had a, a music teacher who you know wanted to to teach us via, via those yeah. uh, those those classical pieces um so but you can imagine thir 30 people in the class all of oh. <laughs> Tooting away, you know. <laughs> away, exactly, yeah, yeah. But I guess it, it's something like that I'm I'm passionate about now. When I think about sort of primary school teachers and indeed secondary school teachers and how they're taught about the arts, we have yeah. so much work to do there, which is yeah. not to say there are brilliant teachers out there who teach music and, and the other art forms. But like it's an area that in the Arts Council, we, we are doing more work in and we will do lots more work in in terms of saying, how can the arts and education work together? Like if I'd had a musician or a singer in the classroom, then it would have been a huge a hugely important development for me so there's so much we can do in that area and that's there's lots of exciting work to be done there i mean i agree with you and like the school i went to we didn't there was no music we didn't do music so we a primary school we did but the secondary school that wasn't on the curriculum and then my sister was in a school or the girls school next door and they did do music and um but it was kind of hammered into them as well you know so and I think there's there's so much opportunity there. I think you're dead right. I think you know when you when you think about how we were hearing music and art and being introduced to art as sort of teenagers through friends and siblings and so on, you kind of think we're so receptive at that time, you know. Um, and and if you're if you're brought along on on this kind of or introduced into these musical places or other artistic places at that age, I think it just opens up so much for you. Because I know I certainly, you know, when I moved to Dublin when I was 17 or whatever, 18, whenever I went to college, I mean, I couldn't wait to go. And I was thinking about this. It's not that I wanted to get away from home. It's what I wanted to do is I wanted to be, I wanted to be living by myself or, you know, away from, I didn't want to get away from my parents or, or friends or siblings. But what I wanted to get was I wanted to get to Dublin because Dublin had galleries, Dublin had gigs, Dublin had music shops and so on, you know, oh, and the college that I was supposed to be going to as well. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. 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 I know, I know. No. Yeah. Right, we'll go on to your, to your next choice. It's um, it, Neve Regan is a, a Galway native who released her debut album last year. Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. It's Hemet, I think is, is how you pronounce yeah. it. It's the name of the town in Texas, I think, that her husband hails from. Ah, right, there you go. I didn't know that. Um, and one of the great things I like about this album is that there's there's so many hints of great voices, and you know you can you can hear lots of influence in there. But it's her writing and her singing and her playing as well, and the arrangements of the material. 
you know, like it puts her in, in, in the kind of same class as like Waxahachie or This is the Kit or Weather Station or something like that. And she just seems to be, what well, she is part of this great new um, Irish female ex- explosion of, yeah. of bands and singers that just, not not to denigrate, because I think, you know, those in, in previous generations, we, we had really good Irish singers, I felt, that who came from the, the folk tradition or the ballad tradition, you know, or the kind of traditional rock what we would have thought but what we're seeing now is the influences are just all over the place and and they're melding and being blended together and the music is just astonishing oh i think so, she like she just seems to have come fully formed yeah um, i think she's astonishing i'd heard a little bit about her but i must give credit to my colleague joe stewart who works mm. with communications joe is a huge music man so it was joe led me then yeah. to her and uh, oh my god i have this on repeat like i think it's just there's something just so rich and lush and and very mature and i think she's probably only in her late 20s yeah 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 and and it's it's complicated music in places but it's very again it's very inviting it's not off-putting you just think it's so well done and one of the things that I really like about it is, is how much piano's in it, you know, yeah. that it's not just a guitar-based album, which I have no problem with. But I kind of just think, I just love that sound of a piano as the lead instrument in a, in a track. Yeah, and I mean, the lyrics, and the, I heard her speak recently on RT. She just sounds like a terrific person as well. Yeah. Um, and I feel so bad for her because the the album came out just at the start of lockdown. I think. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So I mean, can you imagine how many gigs she she'd I have know, done yeah. by this stage? But look, yeah. she has a tour I think planned for for later in the year. And God, you just urge people to go and see her. Yeah. Can't wait to see her live. And, um, and you you picked Ode to Youth. Um, yeah. And and is any is there any particular reason this track or? Um, I just I found it hard to to choose I, I love every single one of them to be honest mm. with you but yeah it's you know there's just a particular time when i when i was listening back to it and i, th- I suppose i thought there was just something just a little bit different to my other tracks so mm. yeah yeah. That's, yeah but i look i could have chosen any of the, the eight or nine yeah. um but she, it, like it's exactly like you say Tiernan, that she is part of just this explosion so we'll be talking about lisa hannigan a bit but mm. like judy feeney is somebody else i adore Alva Reddy, Denise Chyla, uh, Tolu McKay, uh, who's, I just love that version of N17 she did. I think yeah. that's extraordinary. She has an album coming out later in the year that's going to be brilliant. Um, Lisa O'Neill. I mean, it I know, once you start, you know, once you yeah. start, you go, oh, exactly. don't forget, and don't forget, yeah, yeah. and don't exactly. forget. You know? Exactly. We're yeah. talking about sisters of Jeepers. Like, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there's no doubt, okay. The, the playing field in terms of gender across the art forms has been uneven. Uh, we yeah. all know that this, his, there are historical imbalances, but like I think in music, it's probably just particularly hard, really, you know, particularly yeah. kind of rock or pop or whatever we want to call it, you know. So it's brilliant to see uh, young female artists now being supported and coming through in such numbers, such quality. Yeah. Um, one thing I think is great as well, and I mean, it's probably a little bit of a bounce from the COVID thing as well, but an awful lot of these, you know, the new female and new male artists as well, I suppose, they're not coming kind of the traditional route with the big record company. You know, these are self-released, an awful lot of them, you know, and um, which kind of this this groundswell of, it's like a cottage industry almost of, of music. Um, and this is the great thing, I suppose, about the internet then is that you can get your music out to people without having to go through the process of being hired by a big record company or having to go to London and then getting dropped and doing all of that stuff. Because I think what's great about um, uh, Neve's album is that it was made by a, a bar, it basically, in in, in Galway, um, who, who formed a record company. And, um, you know, they, they've put her album out, you know, which is brilliant, you know. It's phenomenal. So it's brilliant that there's such reach. But I guess the flip side is that we absolutely have to to keep an eye on the intellectual property rights of musicians. Like it's a oh, huge, yeah. huge yeah. issue, you know. So I suppose, yeah. Yeah. you know, we, we need to just pay attention to the copyright directive. And like it's just it's just so hard. Like musicians have had to migrate to, to live performance. And that's why pandemic's been particularly cataclysmic yeah. for them. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and it and it really is their bread and butter. You know that I mean, you know, I I don't know how many copies of the album Eve has sold, but 
you know, you think you'd need to sell, you know, a couple of hundred thousand to, to rely on it to be, um, you know, to, to live off it, I guess. Whereas at least yes. with gigs, you know, as you said, you know, there's all this lost opportunity, but it, it's an income and uh, and it's a way just of getting music out to people, I suppose. And it is lovely to have the music yourself, but it, there's something particularly special about being in a room with people, uh, with the musician or a band on stage. Um, yeah. You know, there's just something really special about that. Absolutely. And the, the song that you picked, Ode to Youth, is um, it's not a drinking song, but drinking is in it, and uh, which is a, a nice, I'm going to shoehorn a lead into uh, mid-70s Tom Waits. Um, as he described recently, I saw a thing he just put on his website the other day when he was throwing words around like rice in his songs. And The Hardest Saturday Night is his second album, um, and it came out in 1974, and you've picked New Coat of Paint from this. So why... Why Tom Waits and why this particular brand of Tom Waits? Yeah, I mean, we earlier mentioned Swordfish Trombones and Frank's Wild Years, you know, and I, like, mm. I, I love everything that Tom Waits does. Um, but I wanted to veer away maybe from the kind of harder, edgier ones and yeah. the heart of Saturday Night is just like a complete heart warmer really isn't oh, it oh yeah yeah i mean it's unashamedly sentimental you know but i mean it's just it's brilliant it's it's a gorgeous gorgeous song isn't it or, or sorry the album's a gorgeous album yeah, on unashamedly heart in the sleeve you know yeah completely and i i love just the energy in new coat of paint and and i suppose it's just like you can't i can't listen to him without thinking about edward hopper so i suppose hopper just comes yeah. straight into my mind yeah. you know the minute the minute I start playing this and yeah. uh, I mean magic and again got to see him apparently there was an epic gig he did in the Olympia back in 1987 or 88 which I was it was the, on the big time tour yeah it was really cool yeah yeah, yeah. um but got to see him in, do you remember he came to, was the, um, was the Phoenix Park? Yeah. Yeah. It, was it? In yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the, the Rats yeah. Gallery or whatever it was. Yeah. 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 So got yeah. to see him then. So yeah, that's just life defining in a way, you know? So, um, but yeah, everything he does. And then, yeah, being horribly parochial about it, the fact that he's married still, I think, to Kathleen Brennan, the two yes. origins. Yes. <laughs> Makes me very proud being with Kerry. Yeah, the, the, there's a great clip on um, uh, on YouTube you can find. It's from the late, late, I think, and it, it must be from about 1983-ish, um, I think, because he plays he plays the piano, has been drinking, but then he, I think he plays Johnsburg, Illinois. So it's from around Swordfish Trombones. And he's kind of mumbling, talking to Gay, but Kathleen is sitting in the front row of the audience. And of course, Gay goes over to talk to her, you know, <laughs> doing the pure Gay burn thing. And you think, do you like Ireland? Have you been in Ireland long and all this? And I mean, it's a lovely moment. And they obviously have or had in, in the past spent a huge amount of time in Ireland quietly, you know, just driving around and I presume checking her um, ancestry and so on. But I kind of just love the notion that <laughs> It was yeah. this couple knocking about, you know, the West Coast. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. You know. Can you imagine running into them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Station, Tom yeah. Dillon, the, the yeah. gas. That'll be, yeah. that'll be fun. That's what it looks like Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Really distinctive. Like, I remember when um, we mentioned uh, Raymond Carver, like, and mm. knowing that Tom Waits was going to be in Shortcuts and Robert Altman's so, yeah. oh, yeah. There's magic. There's, yeah. there's a combination. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting about him as well is like that stuff from the 70s, you know, it, it instantly you think Hopper, you know, because it does a sort of throwback feel, sort of, you know, to this New York, it's a kind of New York feel, sort of late 50s, even though it's from the 70s. And then, you know, when he when he shifted with swordfish trombones, it, it you could really kind of get a sense it was like he was shifting into Carver territory as well, where yeah. everything was being paired right back, you know, there was nothing extraneous in the songs. Um, and if the song or the tune needs to be a minute long, that's how long it was. <laughs> you know? exactly. And, it, it, you know, they felt like like Carver short stories almost, you know, like you were dropped into something that was already happening and you were leaving before it was resolved. <laughs> you know? So that's exactly right. You know, yeah. an yeah. astonishing fellow, you know. 
Yes. So your next choice then is, is we're coming back to Ireland for your next choice. And it goes back to the theme you're, you're talking about just a little while ago um, about what's going on with Irish music at the moment. And you've picked Saint Sister. Uh, mm-hmm. So so Morgan McIntyre from Belfast and Gemma Doherty from Derry went to Dublin and met in Dublin and formed Saint Sister. And um, the song that you've chosen is Twin Peaks and it's from their first album. So once again, Maureen, why this one? Yeah. Um, I think they're fantastic. Uh, I chose Twin Peaks because it reminds me of my friend, the poet Martina Evans, who is one of the funniest and most talented people you'll meet. She uh, frequently gives workshops, often at the West Cork Literary Festival, and she uses, she's a huge Twin Peaks fan. And she uses Twin Peaks. She works it into her poetry workshop somehow. These are week-long workshops that she gives that are, I would say, phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of thinking about Martina when choosing that one. Again, I could have chosen any of the tracks. And I think they are brilliant. I had the great pleasure of working with two young women, one of whom is still there, uh, Elizabeth Moen in Poetry Ireland. And Rachel both have worked with us in Poetry Ireland for a while. And they're, you know, they're both in their kind of mid to late 20s and huge music fans. So like loads, they brought loads of people to my attention, including Saint Sister, because they knew them. They'd both gone to Trinity. So I love the whole idea. Like they often talk about Sally Rooney as well, who also, by the way, worked with us in Poetry Ireland for a <laughs> bit. Yeah, just have to get that in. Yeah. But um, it, it just reminds me of that whole like cultural explosion that's coming out around Sally and normal people and mm. uh, wow, look at what we have. This is so brilliant. Like, yeah. you know, we're, yeah. you know, this, not to be triumphalist, but like we are, we're world beaters at lots of this stuff. This is, this is terrific. Um, but um, so Saint Sister, yeah, we, uh, I came to know them really through through Rachel and Elizabeth and um, they lived near us, they probably still do, in uh, Parnell Square. And I just think they're, so gifted uh, i haven't heard the new album yet but i hear it's fantastic yeah so. i haven't just i heard the, the first track just because it was on the internet that's all i heard so but i think you're right i think what's what's really interesting one thing that's interesting i suppose about ireland is because it's so small inevitably you're going to run into people at some point you know and because the various communities that we move around and are relatively small it's it's very easy to start meeting people and to be introduced to people or to be introduced to you know all these various things and my son is 28 and so he is sending me stuff so i'm getting these kind of things and most of which i feel like i'm way out of my depth with and then every so often he'll send me stuff and i kind of think oh no no we have that already you know you grew up listening to that but you've just rediscovered it and i think I think one of the things that I really like about what Saint Sister are doing is it's this lovely blend of a kind of it's it's almost a bit like what the Cocteau Twins were doing, you know. They they, they create this atmosphere, um, yeah. you know. There's the great melody, but there's an atmosphere as well that they create. That's it's like there's an ethereal sense to it. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Cocteau yeah. Twins, which is an excellent reference for them, um, yeah. and their voices just together work yeah. so brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think it just it's such a reflection of of what's going on in Ireland, I think, as well. And I think you're probably right. You could you could have picked any number yeah. of, um, yeah. you know, bands or artists to represent, you know, what's going on. But uh, again, for anyone who hasn't heard, please listen to this stuff. It's it's such good stuff. You know, oh, it is. And it, I do. I love the idea of like the city in summer. So, you know, that's. Oh, yeah. The idea of kind of lounging about being. Yeah. Kind of you know, nicely yeah. indolent, and yeah. <laughs> I, I think they bring that forward really, really well. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So we've mentioned her already, so let's talk about Lisa Hannigan. Um, and I was thinking about this yesterday. She seems to have been around forever. You know, she's just, she just seems to have been there, you know. And it's, but it's about 20 years ago um, that she got started with, uh, or she met Damien Rice and, you know, mm-hmm. went up and did the recording and the touring with him. And, her, she's been on, you know, on her, her solo career probably for the last 14 or 15 years, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you've picked Anna Horish, which mm. is from At Swim, which is the album that was produced. She co-produced it with Aaron Desner from The National. Um, so, so tell us about this one. Yeah, I guess I find this very special to me because um, 
this is Seamus Heaney's poem, Anna Horish. And um, Lisa took part in a major event that we produced in Poetry Ireland uh, to to mark, to remember Seamus Heaney about six months after he died. And so she performed this for the first time ever, I think. Mm. Uh, And she sang it with the brilliant Zoe Conway and John McIntyre. And it was, yeah, ethereal. It was, it was sublime. It was a, it was, it was a showstopper. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was just gorgeous. I love, you know, like the poem is amazing. So it talks about um, vowel meadows in it, and rich gradient of consonants, and it's just that idea of the words in your mouth being mm. rich and lush and beautiful. And like when you hear her, then wrap her voice around them they're just gorgeous like it's it's almost like food it's delicious yeah you know it a it reminds me this sappho the, the the greek poet sappho has the yeah this this phrase mere air these words but delicious to hear and that's exactly what i think about when when i think about lisa singing this yeah. and i suppose there's a couple of things that for me as well i think i'm, I'm curious as well for you just do you, do you think poetry works best on the page or best coming out of the mouth on stage but it, like it can work you know and like mm. somebody would read that poem of Seamus's and think mm, I'm not sure could you make a song out of that actually mm. but actually she she proved that she did you know yeah, yeah it's it, it varies you know and I guess Paul Muldoon is probably the, the best exemplar of it of somebody who you know writes both both lyrics and yeah. poems um so and Kieran Carson would indeed would have would have uh, played in that arena as yeah. well. Um, yeah, so some can work extremely well, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's you know obviously I know you know there's kind of history of people trying to work with the eights stuff and you know with various levels of success. Um, but I remember donkeys years ago going to a thing in the Abbey, um, something to do with Peter Fallon's press with, with the gallery press. But mm-hmm. I remember Paula Meehan was reading and it was the first time I'd heard her reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd read her stuff and I really liked her stuff. But when yeah. she read it, it, Jesus, it was musical. It was oh, like, yeah. I, I want to say yeah. it was like music. But it was almost like dance, which was, no, <laughs> you know. That's incantation, yeah. actually, the way she reads. Like, yeah. it's just brilliant. Oh, you just get caught up in it, you know. And and I think, yeah. you know, I, th- I think what, what Lisa Hannigan did with... Anna Horish is something similar. I think it's 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 a very brave thing to do, you know, to take something, you know, particularly say Heaney's work, you know, which you know people would know just either from the page or from him, you know, from his recordings, because he was such a good, you know, yeah. sayer of his own poems, you know, um, and and it works perfectly as a song, yeah. you know, and it it you just think yeah, of course, it sounds like a no, it sounds like a traditional Irish song that's been knocking yeah. around for generations. That's what she makes it sound like, and Absolutely. and it and it's effortless the way she delivers it. I think as well, yeah. which is one of the she's got such a good voice, and she's it's very understated, you know. That's it, and she's very understated in person mm. too. She's just a really, really good, yeah, yeah. And person. Uh, it's great to see her have such yeah. success. Yeah, and, and I think as well, she's a real support to, to younger artists as well, which is really good as well, I think, you know, that yeah. she's she's bringing people along with her as well oh, and introducing yeah. people oh. as well, you know. But you're, yeah. you're right, she's keeping an eye to the next generation yeah. for sure. Yeah, Let's, we'll, we'll move on. Um, and we, we just have a couple of tracks left to talk about. And we're still, we're staying in Ireland for, for the next one. And it's from Kevin Doherty. And and um, a bit like Lisa, he's been knocking around for donkey's years. Um, he people would probably know him best from Four Men and a Dog, uh, who he still plays with and still performs yeah. with. But he's done a series of his own solo albums, and um, and then he made an album with which is the track that you've picked, which is Camden Town. He, he made an album as Telegraph. The album is called Telegraph, yeah. and. And it, um, it's it's a it's a hard one to find. People will have to go looking for it. Either go, what I would recommend you do is go and buy it. You know, just Google Kevin Doherty, find his website, and just buy Telegraph. That's probably the best thing to do. It's a fascinating, long, rambling song. 
Yeah. You find this one, Maureen, then. Yeah. And, it, you know, again, it's back to that kind of languid Dublin mm. feel, you know, and it's it's just so evocative about, you know, that lovely kind of edgy vibe about it. Mm. I think he, Kevin, is one of our unsung heroes in Irish music um, the ba- and the band Telegraph. They're absolutely brilliant. I've seen them live again. I suppose I've, I've had the great privilege of working with Kevin. So, and I have my, uh, the great actor, Eleanor Metvin to thank uh, and Cathy Velton right. for producing yeah. to his work. Um, Cause I'd have known him a bit from Four Men and a Dog, but like didn't know anything about this other kind of rich trove that he mm-hmm. had. And uh, so I've seen him a number of times live. The gigs are amazing. In fact, I brought my friend, Colette Bryce, Derry poet who, uh, worked alongside Kevin on, on a range of gigs that we did in various places to mark the anniversary of the Good Friday Friday Agreement. So Kevin was like our house band. Yeah. But, uh, Colette and I went to see him in a gig in this, what's oh, a really curious name, it's off Camden Street. And it's like, it's like an old working man's club. It's okay. a great place. Yeah. yeah, it's just like a little jazz venue. And uh, that's the last gig I saw before lockdown. Oh, All right, it. okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's this Telegraph are just this stunning band. They're yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, people who I've brought to see them live, poets Jerry Smith and Tom McCarthy. I brought them to see him in Leeson Lounge, and they have just been on. Wow, how have I never heard of this guy? Yeah. But he's as well as being a really talented musician and singer, he's a super songwriter and he's he's really a bit of a poet, I think, you know. Yeah. And uh, Telegraph, in fact, have another album called Seeing Things, which is named after Heaney, in fact. Um, so he's very influenced by, by Heaney and yeah. uh, a whole range of other Irish poets. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you're right. I think one of the things that's what, what I really like about him as well is that Again, I would have I would have known Four Men and the Dog. I didn't wouldn't have known really any of the, the names of them uh, of the, the the guys in the band. And uh, a friend of mine in New York years ago, I don't know ten or ten or twelve years ago, emailed me and said, "Have you heard of this guy Kevin Doherty?" Um, when it, when the first album, when his Strange Weather is his first album, when that came out, I think. And so this guy in New York, who's an American, he's not Irish had seen him playing it at Lee Von Helm's place up in Woodstock and said, Jesus, this guy's great. And he, so he sent me a, an email and I had to go and buy the album. And I'm thinking, why have I never heard of this guy? And then you realize, oh, he's the guy with Four Men to Dog. And one of the things that I love is that um, he, I read a, an interview then with a, a piece that Lee Von Helm had written, obviously a number of years ago, but he'd spent time with Kevin and he said, and it was about the Telegraph guys. And he just said, you guys are a real band. Right. And, you know, and Kevin was saying, this is the guy who was in the band telling me that we are a band, <laughs> you know? And and I think there's this brilliant mix of uh, this, this, this folk, there's jazz, there's bits and pieces of everything in there. But you're, I mean, just as a storyteller in song, he's, because it, it's it's a bit like your last choice as well. His voice is not, it like, it's not the strongest voice, but it's really distinctive voice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, yeah. I have this one, this one on repeat. Um, yeah. But Camden Street, yeah, I think just that, evocation of of the city is just mm. love it yeah. yeah yeah and now your last choice is by bill callahan so he was with smog for donkey's years and then a, a, a bit like lisa he had kind of one existence and then another existence so he was he was i suppose smog and then uh i didn't realize i, I actually checked this They've really he's done he's done seven solo albums i was kind of thinking oh yeah bill callahan's got a couple of solo albums but he's seven solo albums and um, you've picked a track from Dream River, and the, the, the track you picked is Javelin on Landing. Um, so, Bill Callahan. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a huge Richard Ford fan, and there's a visual artist called Fiona Murray. I think she's mm. still down in Clare, and she was doing an exhibition with us in the Mermaid Arts Centre, so this is like 13 years ago or so. And Fiona and I were talking about our shared love of Richard Ford, and she said, you'll have to listen to Bill Callahan. So I have to confess, had never heard from before that. And uh, and I can see exactly why why she thought, yeah, Bill Callahan, Richard Ford. Like, I, can, yeah. I can see the connection. Uh, but Javelin, like, it's such an up, 
upbeat song like it's you know it's, it's the song to dance around the kitchen to yeah. um but you know the, 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 then you you talk to various people about bill callahan and i had a great trip with the um saxophonist and composer um sean mackerlane and so we were both effusing about Sean, about Bill Callahan, and at that stage, Bill Callahan was due to play in Ireland, and Sean was going, "Come on, get your skates on, get the yeah. tickets." You know, and like it's 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 lovely when you discover just these people whom you admire, and that they all admire him as much as you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something lovely about that, and yeah. I just I was just looking him up in the last few days because we were going to be talking about him, but to see that he was connected with Joanna Newsom for a bit, which I hadn't known. So. Yeah, there's another part of that community as well, you know. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. again, all back to everything is connected, and yeah, all those all those influences. I often think yeah. about John Banville's phrase: "Everything you do influences everything you do." So it's, yeah. it's just always building it up into this lovely tapestry of of influences. Yeah, and I think again, it brings you back to the idea that when when you you know when you meet someone and you realise that you have this kind of common um, love of something else that may be completely unrelated to the thing you're talking about. And you realize, oh, you like them too. <laughs> so, and I think it's it's always great because some will always say, oh, if you like this, you should try this because, you know, you, you got to listen to her, you got to listen to him, you got to listen to this band or whatever. And again, when I was getting ready for this, I, uh, I was just checking out Callahan. This is just, and it's a nice way to wrap things up, I suppose, as well, is that he said when he recorded the album, when he recorded Dream River, that Javelin on Landing is from. He said it's he wanted it to sound like the last record you'd want to listen to at the end of the day before you go to bed around midnight. He said he yeah. wanted it to be smooth and relaxing. And it's the perfect end to a perfect day. And maybe Maureen, that's a perfect end to Maureen Kennelly's final hours. Yeah, well that's that that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I do I do tend to play it at midnight. All right. Yeah. So great. Good. Listen, Maureen, you're very good to do this. We re I really, really enjoyed it. And um, I, I keep saying this to everyone. I have to apologize to you for making you reduce your musical life down to eight tracks. <laughs> um, because it's the one thing I kind of, I can't do it. I'm, I just, I, John Crumlish, one of John Crumlish's kids said to me the other day, okay, what's your vinyl list? And I thought, oh God. And I kind of have one or two tracks. But I can't write write them down because as soon as I write one down, I think of five others, you know. So That's you're very, very good to do this. Not yeah. at all. And and the guilt of it. But isn't it phenomenal oh, that yeah. you think, you know, three years ago my vinyl list would have been totally different. And of course. Like, yeah. what's so staggering and what's so energizing is that musicians get up every day and do something entirely new. Yeah, like it's absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 So thank you. It is Oh no, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening to Vinyl Hours with Maureen Kennelly on the First Thought Podcast. Galway International Arts Festival would like to acknowledge the support of its principal funding agencies, the Arts Council and Fulcher Ireland, Galway 2020 European Capital Culture, Education Partner NUI Galway, the Festival Energy Partner Flowglass and Drinks Partner Heineken. For more from Galway International Arts Festival, see GIAF.ie. I'm Tiernan Henry. See you next time.